Yes, welcome to the run home with Joel and Fletch for your Monday afternoon. Uh, well, you probably already joined the dots. It's not Joel and Fletch this afternoon. You've got Barney sitting in the driver's seat and, uh, well, we've got a cracking afternoon for you. So we want to say good afternoon to Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, listeners across the SEN network. Let us know where you're listening to us from. Get involved on the app. Uh, reach out. Give us a call, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy, or text in 0457-736-736. And a big shout-out if you're uh, tuning in late via the podcast, listeners on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a massive show for you on the Monday. Coming up, we've got Stan Sport FC expert Mark Bozza Bosnich. Uh, we've got a sports bet market update with Sean Omerod, and we've got the Wilson quiz. So, uh, yeah, listen carefully. There's going to be clues for the quiz questions coming across the afternoon. Now, uh, as I mentioned, you've got Barney in the driver's seat, and, uh, well, that means sitting across from me there would be a vacant seat. But on debut on his drive uh, show debut is uh, comedian Billy Darcy. Welcome, Billy. How are you, mate? Barney, mate. A late call-up. Yes, it was a late call-up. It's been a, uh, to, to pull the curtain back a little bit here, it's been a bit of a, uh, what would you say, Brooksy? Welcome to you by, first off, mate. Good afternoon. afternoon, Billy. Welcome to the show, our listener. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy since uh, Pakistan got rolled last night. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, this was originally a standby show. We were put on standby because, um, you know, all things being equal, we were supposed to be in day five of the test listening to... Uh, Barat and the team and just Collins. Oh, how good are they? By Flem, the way, the SEN it was team, great call. Yeah, so we were supposed to be listening to them uh, call uh, day five of a test match, but um, unfortunately, Pakistan couldn't go the distance with our boys uh, who got the got the job done in the end, and uh, we got the call up, which is uh, always fun to be in studio. But then uh, we had even some late shuffle of lineup. There, um, we had a COVID. We had a, a guest go with go out yeah. with COVID. We've we've had a, a, an event for well Philby. <laughs> yeah, get well Philby. I'm sure he's listening at home uh, between uh, punting on whatever he's got on the TV. So, uh, uh, hope you're feeling well soon, big fella. But yeah, Billy, not your first time on SEN. Yes, some listeners may recognise my voice from the two thirty to three AM region. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday morning. Prime time for those listening, and this is the first time I've been let in the studio with the sun still up, and it's an absolute privilege, brother. Mate, it's good. It's good to have you uh, involved with us. Now we've got plenty coming up uh, across the show today. Um, so it's, it is the Trade Hour with thanks to Amir Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. And a reminder: if you do get involved today, call of the week. Uh, the winner will get a one thousand dollar Red Smoke Alarm household pack. Think red smoke alarms, think 10-year warranty, think Australian-owned, think www.redsmokealarms.com.au. Now, uh, guys, there is a bit of a vibe this week, isn't there, around work, that this is, um, well, no one's really doing a full week leading up to the <laughs> to Christmas. You know what I mean? This is that week where you're leading up to Christmas, everyone's just sort of, even if you're turning up five days this week, no one's doing five days of work. No. It's, no, because, got, yeah. it's because Christmas Day is on the Monday. Yeah. Everyone's out of jig because are you saying that people are going to be working Friday the 22nd of December with any sort of vigor whatsoever? No. I, I'm, I doubt people are working uh, Monday the 18th of December with any sort of vigor based <laughs> on what I've seen. with Well, based on what I've seen from the Pakistan cricket side as well. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's we're leading in. So, um, yeah, let us know what, what you're doing this week, um, how, you, how you're bludging. At, uh, at work. Um, now, boys, 
Um, we are. We did hint at the the fact that we are here because the, well, the the Australian uh, Test team uh, had a what what would you call a convincing win in the first Test against Pakistan, and I believe we've got some audio highlights to go here. Oh, sorry, Alex, I should welcome you, mate. Hi, Barney. Even... This is the first time I've actually worked with you. We've only crossed oh. paths in the office before, yes, so we have. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Obviously, never worked with Billy either, so um, but was listening uh, at two thirty that. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. So you I've got nothing mom, else to do. I appreciate it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> they were together, weirdly enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This is an afternoon program. <laughs> we're not on the late show anymore, Barney. Will you check that potty mouth at the door, brother? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Alex. Let's hit the audio highlights from the test. It's another crack at Marsh. He's forty-eight. And Mars drives again through the covers. That'll be four more. A beautiful way to bring up a lovely half century. Made 90 in the first dig, 50 here from just 60 balls. Slips in a gully. Stark bowls, edge gone! First wicket, simple as that, in the first over. Master Barbara Azam, edging on, gone! Wow. That was a terrific delivery from Cummins that took the shoulder of the bat. Here he comes. Ashraf hit on the pad, an appeal, an appeal, the umpire looks, he says no. Has he got 500 test wickets? He does! Nathan Lyon joins Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath as Australian test cricketers with 500 test wickets. Hazelwood bowls to the number 11, edging and caught it first slip. Game over, job done. Pakistan obliterated on this fourth afternoon. They've been castled in just 30.2 overs, all out for 89. Yeah, Australia getting it done convincingly, winning by 360 runs uh, within four days. Um, they, yeah, it was, a, it was a solid start with the Australian batting innings. David Warner obviously uh, scoring 160-odd, um, and uh, Kawaja's 90 marches, 63 set. Uh, 450 to win in the second innings, uh, Pakistan. And, well, bowled out for 89. It's disappointing, Barney. And I don't think Pakistan were ever going to win, and that's okay. But I just wanted <laughs> something to watch today on Monday. Yeah. The Big Bash doesn't start up again until tomorrow. I think we have a lot of men and women around the country potentially reflecting on their own mental health when they should be distracted by the greatest game this nation has to offer. So I would have loved to... Go go that fifth day. You're not wrong, and one of the one of my favourite things about the Perth Test in particular is the timing of it because the on the east zone. coast, uh, it it you get to watch some prime time Test cricket, and it's not like I don't get me wrong, I love a pink ball Test, I like the day night format, it's fun, it's something a bit different, but this is genuine, like this feels like proper Test cricket, but you're watching it in the perfect time, and and it's always to, no matter what the weather is here. You, you know that you you tune into the Perth Test. It's going to be sunshine. It's going to be hot. The pitch is going to be bouncy. There's going to be blokes copping it on the body. And the pitch was pretty exciting the last day. It mm. was sort of popping around. Some were staying low. Some were up and down. There was cricket to be watched. And I wanted to see some more out of their players as well. I like their captain, Masood. I think he looks pretty electric with the stick in the first innings. Just really anything. Would have been great today. That's that, I'm in the mood for it, brother. I Let's don't know go. about you guys, but I thought like watching their first innings, 
Um, I know they were playing like, and if anyone can play boring cricket, it's Pakistan. They they know how to bat long, slow run rates, and just grind a side down um, historically. But um, watching their first innings, I was like, you know what? We this they actually might try and grind this out and take it. Like, you know, they were never going to win by blasting Australia off the park, but. If they've got a chance, it's to take them out into the deep water and just try and drown them. Just try and tire them out, and just and just let them sort of finish themselves off. Which is where you know I suppose the, their game plan might have been try and take it deep into day five. You get a draw, you tire the Australian bowlers out over a few tests, and you know maybe then you can jag jag a third test. I don't think so. I think it would be better to try and win the game at hand rather than lose slower. <laughs> that would they thought that too, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're standing in the slips cordon on day four watching Usman Khawaja and Mitch Marsh have been so good just get absolutely beaten up by blokes bowling 130 clicks. Do you think they're standing there going, oh, this is going to be an exciting last session. I'm so keen to get on on this wicket and face Stark, <laughs> Cummins, yeah. Hazelwood. Belting in at 140, 145 clicks with the smell of blood in their nostrils. <laughs> the signs were there, wasn't it? When you saw Labuschagne, Smith, Marsh just copping balls oh, like they were just yeah. like, oh, I felt for Pakistan straight away. And you sort of knew that this could potentially be over within four days. One of mm. Wuzzy's best innings, would you say that 50? Just in the terms of the pace of it and how much he had to see out. He wasn't yeah. it wasn't his typical innings where he gets into his flow and he's driving stuff off his, you know, away to the covers and flicking things off his legs. He looked, you know, he looked troubled to battle yeah. his way to 50. That'll be a postscript because Australia was so far ahead in the game. Mm, that but it one, was a gutsy innings. That one he copped just below the elbow yesterday and they did require a bit of like when you saw that on slow motion replay, that was jammed up against his body. That's the that's fractured stuff. That's where you can really, you can bust an arm there. And I think, you know, were that, say, maybe instead of 130 coming at Mitch Stark pace, I reckon that might have broken an arm. But yeah. that was, you're not wrong. That was one of his better innings in that, you know. Braver, if not yeah. stylish. Yeah, exactly. And he, yeah, doing it in tough conditions um, and still managing to sort of get it done, which was... Uh, which was what you'd like to see. And then I guarantee the Australian fast bowlers, how much were they, like as much as, you know, they don't want Usman to get really hurt. Um, they know he's pretty tough. And they know, oh, if it's still that off 132, <laughs> oh, and he's a pretty good batsman. We're going to have fun here, boys. Yeah, I just love Usman. I cannot get enough of Usman Kawaja. I think he was robbed of about 35 to 40 test matches. Like this is how good he is at 36. We were robbed of 30 to 34. That's like a batsman's prime. I, can, I cannot believe, I think he's a true, like, all-time great of the team. And I, I hope he goes another couple of years. Yeah, mate, I, that's the thing. You, you don't really think of him being the same age as Dave Warner because Dave Warner's just been a consistent, consistently in the squad for so much longer. Um, but then you watch both of them bat too, and Usman almost feels a bit younger in the way he goes about his cricket like he hasn't he hasn't sort of I'd say he's younger spiritually as mm. well the LeBron James celebration <laughs> you know he's yeah. definitely a, st a more stylish guy yeah he's in touch with the youth he wears a he's not scared to wear a chunky watch um while he bats either too which you don't uh you don't see much in cricket anymore did you guys see the footage uh Fox Cricket put out during the first innings of the partnership between Warner and Kawaja like you you're not obviously privy to much of what's going on at the pitch, but they 
compiled that partnership and just the communication between the two. I know there's been, you know, cricketers and partnerships that have uh, that have been since the test of time, you know, that have been great combos. But watching that video, I think it's about 10 minutes, you just get the vibe that these two just click really well and are a great pair. The way they big each other up, you know, they're playing shots like, oh, that was a bit like me, you know, like they're – they're both stealing like techniques from each other, but they're guiding each other along the way. And we heard that this is the final, last hurrah, the last dance yeah. of Davy Warner. And it, it, once I saw that, it was only ten minutes, but it got to me going, "Oh, this is disappointing because this is a sneaky good par- uh, opening partnership that we've got." And like you said, Billy, like we were sort of robbed of um, Usman Khawaja for some summers, yeah. 100%. But now together. It doesn't matter. One, generally, one of them or both of them are clicking, as we saw at this test. And, yeah, it's going to be disappointing when the when we see someone come in with Uzi. Yeah, and yeah. it's probably the one thing of Davey Warner's career. He's an all-time great. It's unbelievable. I know Mitch Johnson said his record's not bad in that article. I think you forget that Dave Warner's like an all-time great. It's ridiculous, his career and his numbers. But the one thing missing is he never had that iconic Hayden-Langer partnership. mm Do you know what I mean? It was always a new person every summer, pretty much. He never had that iconic, like, sort of Australian partnership. Which you feel like, yeah, had we had more Usman Khawaja, that that could have been on the cards. Because they, I don't know, I believe they played, like, junior cricket together. Yes. Like, they've known each other for years. They know each other's game. They know each other very well. They obviously get along very well. And which is interesting because two very different styles of bloke. But I think sometimes, especially in an opening partnership, that complements. Um, compliments each other. Hundred percent. Also, it's not a podcast. They just have to get on for seven seconds in between the overs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. They don't need to vibe too hard. Yeah, yeah, no. Is it moving? on? Yeah, it's doing a little bit off. It's the like pitch. Warney and Gilly famously never really got on, but they didn't need to. They got on on the field. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Matt is chiming in. He says, uh, "Barney, you know what I found ironic? They called off the Geelong BBL match, yet the Test pitch in Perth was worse." That's from Matt. I don't know. I don't know if it was. I don't know. I feel like that pitch in Geelong may have had more of an opportunity to play up as as it went on. Also, the pitch in Geelong, does anyone really want to see 75 play 74 with three men in the hospital? It's not really <laughs> why you take your children out to see the big bash, is it? Yeah. <laughs> we, want, we want bombs. We want people going at 14 and over. An absolute yeah. road. Yeah. yeah, it's spoken like a, a batsman. You always batted when you played cricket. I am a batsman, a... but I'd say I'm a cricket fan first, Barney. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, mate. I think any big bash game where they're not going at 13 and over should be abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, now, the big, uh, well, obviously one of the big talking points um, is Nathan Lyon, 500 test wickets, gets to his 500. This is what it sounded like. It's almost like you're a rock star at the moment. Yeah. How does that... How do you cope with that? Nah, definitely not a rock star. Uh, just uh, someone that bowls off breaks. That's all right, the way I look at it. You always said, Nathan, about your own bowling. You just want to bowl your best ball over and over again. I can't think of any bowler who's done it more often than you have. Uh, to get to 500, what does that mean to you? I'm pretty proud. I'm beyond proud. Um, obviously, I've got my family here, some, well, some, some of the family here, my brother and uncle come over and obviously got my wife and wife's family so it's pretty special to to be able to tick, tick off 500 wickets in front of those guys but I um, know oh to come back from a calf injury and, and do all my rehab and have had this at the front of my mind of how big a milestone it potentially is and 
um, to be able to come out and do it the first test is pretty special. Obviously, that's not him getting his wicket. That's uh, my fault there, Alex. I misunderstood what that uh, note in the rundown was. But, yes, Nathan Lyon there chatting to our own Barat Sanarason um, about how he feels about the 500 wickets. Now, humble dude. Like, he's, I think Barat put it to him there. You're, you're pretty much like a rock star. And he just said, I'm just a, bloke who, a guy who bowls off breaks. That's That like, made me weak at the knees when he said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this humble at 500. It's unbelievable. Right. And he, he is sort of like water, Nathan Lyon. He just sort of keeps going. And you just go, oh, that's 500, is it? Yeah. I guess he has been bowling amazingly for a decade straight. But and he's not that sort of a flashy guy, is he? No, it's not a it's not a flashy. Like, his approach isn't flashy. He's not trying to, you know, turn it, you know, six foot past the bat. He's not trying to – he's not bowling a heap of variations. He's just smart, putting it there, thereabouts – grinding blokes down and, uh, you know, it's, it's very much the, almost like, um, a Glenn McGrath of off spin, just that, put it there, keep it consistent. Let the, yeah, let not the that flashy, but I will say anytime Nathan Lyon comes on, I will sit back down on the couch, especially if he's bowling to a left-hander. Well, that's because you don't like getting off the couch and you know he bowls long spells. So Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm looking forward to see if there's a topic where you won't have a go at me immediately. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm Not getting... likely, Billy. Not likely. You know this isn't a real cricket team, Barney. This is a radio program, okay? <laughs> so you could probably ease up on the hazing there, mate. But whether I'm getting off the couch or not, I do think Nathan Lyon, he's not that exciting, but he is exciting. And yeah. I do just love watching him getting into his work, like just watching someone who's the absolute best in the world of what they do. It's so cool. So yeah. cool. And, um, I mean, 500, it is that sort of thing where, like you said, he's like water. It's sort of just all of a sudden, like it felt like he was in the side and then you just oh, he's there, thereabouts, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, he's one of the best to ever do this. Yeah, and there's a lot of innings where you go, yeah, Lion bowled pretty well, and then you look over and you go, oh, he ended up with four. Yeah. You know, he'll get two big ones and then he'll take two at the end. There's a lot of that. But I think he's just such an important cog in this bowling lineup because we've, I guess the fast bowlers sort of get the headlines, but think about how, how the fast bowlers wouldn't be as effective if you didn't have Nathan Lyon putting in those long, long spells. Mm. If Mitchell Stark had to bowl an extra seven, eight overs in innings. Where, where do you put this? Like, I do you think we're going to look back um, and I'll put this out to all of you boys, is do we think we're going to look back at this particular bowling outfit, our, the three quicks and obviously Lyon, as, and probably in you know 10 years' time when they're gone, look back and not realise how good we had it now? Because it's a pretty impressive outfit. Like They're, they're three of the best fast bowlers that, you know, in, in the world at the moment. And, and then you've got our, you know, our greatest ever off-spinner. Yeah, I think so. I think this whole team is probably one of the greatest will ever produce and they're not really getting appreciated for whatever reason, but the fast bowlers and Nathan Lyon, I guess they're sort of more reserved characters. Mm. You wouldn't really get anything wild out of any of them on the microphone. Mitch Stark bowls absolute wheels, but he's a pretty sort of placid personality. So I guess from that way, they've always sort of kept to themselves, but without a doubt, it's one of, if not the best bowling attack. It'd be right up there with McGrath, Lee, Gillespie and Warren. Yeah. Would yeah. it not be? I think Pat Cummins will go down as the best we've ever had, if not second to Dennis Lilly. Really? That's a that's a big call. I'm swinging wild on debut. Yeah. That's it because he had the back <laughs> he had the back issues right early on in his career. Again, yep. like you were saying about Uzi, wouldn't it have been amazing to see? Yeah, where Cummings yeah. would be. Cummins would be right now with his numbers because yeah, he's like the bowling yesterday, like 
it was so efficient and just dominated whoever he was facing. I like I was just watching it. And those those he, three he doesn't bowl bad balls. Brilliant. Yeah, they don't bowl bad balls. Yeah, like Mitchell Stark is probably the most reckless of the three. But I, if anything, that's like good variation compared to the other two. Yeah, I think they're all time. And that much quicker. Well, the Aussies got it done. Nathan Lyon got his uh, 500th. And, uh, well, we're here on a Monday all because of that. Uh, <laughs> plenty more to come up in the show, so stick around. Welcome back to The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. You don't have Joel and Fletch this afternoon, though. You've got uh, Barney and Billy Darcy sitting in. And, uh, Billy, mate, first seg in the books. Good, strong debut. How are you feeling? Mate, feeling really good. Brush past some of your negativity towards me. <laughs> but I think Combative early, isn't yeah. he? Jeez. I'm just, you know, holding my own here. But Barney and Billy, mate, I like the sound of it, the alliteration. I think there's definitely a bit of a father-son vibe on the airwaves this <laughs> oh, afternoon. Oh, mate. Uh, this is the Tradie Hour with thanks to Amir Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. Uh, after the news, we've got Sean Omerod for a market Update. Uh, get involved though throughout the afternoon. Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line. Let us know what you're up to. Tim has said uh, we were talking earlier about um, basically you know this week's a sort of a half week at work. You might turn up, but you're not really doing much. And Tim says, "Good afternoon, fellas. This week I've loaded my golf clubs into my toolbox, so there could possibly be one, if not two, rounds of golf." Tim. <laughs> Mate, isn't that what you like to hear from a tradie? There's, there's some someone with a hot water system just leaking water somewhere, and Tim's like, you know what? It's the week of Christmas. And some of the golf clubs tempt you with that twilight golf. Like, if yeah, you, you know, if you tee off after four, you can do as many holes as you want for eighteen dollars. And you and you drive by. Let's say you are a tradie. You're like, I'll be back there in half an hour, and you've got your clubs in the back. Like, it's just. This time of year, it's just beautiful. Also still billing the client, definitely, as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was at Bunnings getting parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a few of those clubs that have proximity to a Bunnings too, so you can, you know, if they look you up. And that's the other one too. If you're leaving early enough for work, um, you know, the missus doesn't know you through the golf clubs in the back of the ute. So, sorry, love, just stuck at this job. And uh, have it, Just, <laughs> having, a, having a quick nine. I, and we were talking about it before about people working on the cricket. Like when you do something that a lot of people know about, like I'm sure there's a few people that were have travelled from the east coast to go to Perth for the test. But you know, a lot of people have like we've tried to get a few guests on today. They're flying back during the show. Nine. So partners are probably going, hey, we know it yeah. only went four days. You can't you can't do another fifth day rort here because sometimes you'd stay on for that fifth day because you're like, oh, we've booked the flights. Yeah, hotels you know, we can't booked. get out. We've got Everything's to, booked. Know, hotel's booked. The flights are booked. We've got to stay in Perth for an Be- extra day. Damn it. Sorry. Better go have a look at Rottenest Island or something. Exactly. Make <laughs> something of it. Uh, Lundy's joined in. He says, Billy is the night watchman of the run home. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Billy. Just hold up that end, mate. Come the, on, we'll see you through. You can get back to your 2 a.m. shift soon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the night watchman is still a player like everyone else. So exactly, We mate. all have our role. And you got your role you know, and you're doing it well. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's time for the news. We're back with Shawnee Omrod. Thank you, Amy. You're on the run home with Joel and Fletch with thanks to Hyundai. Hyundai 23 SUV sale event is on now and MFP Easy. Voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder. Uh, this is the run home, usually with Joel and Fletch, but today you got Barney and Billy Darcy, comedian Billy Darcy, sitting in having an absolute cracker. Now uh, we got Shawnee Omrod coming up for a sports bet market update, but before we go to that, um, gentlemen, one of the um, 
great things about assembling great minds in a studio like this <laughs> is you, you can help me with a bit of etiquette. Um, now, I've got this conundrum. I, I don't know where this fits ethically. Is uh, Around my place recently, they've been upgrading the electricity grid. So there's a lot of digging up the old electricity cable and then replacing and the, the lot it's a big been a big job been a few months um but because they're doing it across the suburb the workers are spread out in all different streets and that sort of stuff and so what they've done to make sure the workers can um well get themselves what we'd call a comfort break uh they've they've put these little portaloos on a little trailer and they move them around depending where the work so where the workers mostly are so they've got it now about a week ago i was on my morning jog and I'd mistimed my coffee to jog ratio. Right? So I'm on the way home and um, we've all had that urge hit. I, I thought I, I need to get myself into a bathroom here, quick, smart. And um, I wasn't far from home, but I looked across and there was one of the portaloos. Now they're unlocked. They're on the nature strip, which is council property where they're working. Um, am I entitled as a taxpayer, as a ratepayer, to go over and use the portaloo mm-hmm. or is that, am I taking, taking liberties there with someone's workplace? What, what, what do we think the, uh, the, the code is here? Okay. So you are a taxpayer. I am. Which was important that you clarified that. Yep. I think any taxpayer worth their salt is entitled to use that portaloo on the nature strip for a number one. For a number one, see, it wasn't a number one you, I needed. Yeah, I don't love you going in post coffee to their <laughs> workplace. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where you'll probably lose me, mate. Yeah. If you go in for a number one, leave the place as you found it. I think that's okay. For you to just do a drive-by number two <laughs> well, in their workplace by. bathroom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, you're the fancy radio showbiz guy. <laughs> Just doing whatever you want, mugging off these blue-collar Australians. The optics are pretty poor on this one, Barney. Well, that was partly why I uh, I managed to. I just went, you know what, I'll, I'll hold fire here and, and make it home. Also, but, how desperate were you? Because portaloo over your own home bathroom. Yeah. But no, well, that was, there was some maths being done. It's like, you know, do I do, I do one of the awkward jogs, uh, you know, where it's, it's quite clenched and upright, or do I, um, do I, do I you know, make use of the facilities here. What, what are your thoughts, Brooksy? I'm with Billy. I think uh, you probably should have waited to get home. I, or <laughs> probably should have. I did. No, but what I'm saying is is if in future. Like, oh, I was assuming that you did uh, use it. Um, because I know you, Barney. But uh, <laughs> no, I I think you should probably look to, in that situation, wait till you go home. Or if there's like a service station or a McDonald's or something, or even a Starbucks. Where do you go think there, I live? Wait a second. Wait. I'm deep <laughs> suburbs, Go there, mate. buy something as a bit of a trade-off to use the, like, mints or um, hand sanitizer might be appropriate <laughs> in that circumstance. <laughs> but, yeah, buy something in order to trade on services there. I think that looks worse. There. I think that looks worse. If I use the bathroom and then come out and buy hand sanitizer, no, I, that, that, that poor bloke's thinking, man, what's, what's going on in there? <laughs> but can you imagine if that was your work bathroom and some random civilian just came I, past, destroyed yeah, it, and, yeah, then, yeah, exactly. and then got back to his jog in his silk tracksuit on the way to his radio job? <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I would be furious. Alex, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I wasn't expecting to have to answer such moral conundrums as mm. this um, doing the drive show today. Look, I think it's fair play. <laughs> Does that make me a bad person? No. I think, I think no, that's... No, I think no, no, I think they're unlocked. If, if they're that worried about it, 
get the bad yeah. locks out. Lock well, it yeah, up. That's a, that's yeah, lock it up. There is it's that a, thought. Mm. You know, you're telling me some drunk bloke's not doing that at 1am if he gets the urge? Just because you're a responsible citizen doing it in daylight, I don't think that makes you any less <laughs> no. entitled. The Sunny Coast Dragon has accused me of being a poo jogger. And uh, <laughs> Sunny Coast Dragon, this is, this is what I'm saying. What's worse? What's worse? Now, uh, you know what? There... You guys, pretty good, good timing. Wisdom, but we've got good timing. Yeah. We've got a man on the line who is known for his wisdom in all things, uh, not just <laughs> uh, sports bet market updates, but also uh, bathroom etiquette. Uh, time now for a sports bet market update with Sean Omerod. Shawnee, how are you, mate? I'm with Sunny Coast Dragon. I thought for a minute there you were going to anoint yourself as uh, 2023's new poo jogger. I'm just glad you took it where you uh, where you eventually did. No, no pun intended there. But I'm with uh, I'm with Alex. I think it's fair game. Uh, when you got to go, you got to go, especially post post coffee as well. Yeah, uh, as bad as they are, I think it's fair game, mate. If there's no padlock, you're a taxpayer, as you said. Um, play on, <laughs> play on. This is good. This is this is what I like. This is where we're putting it out. You know, we're starting conversations that people need to have. I think. Mm. Now, Shawnee, well, um, did you hear about the great Nathan Gibbons conundrum in a similar sort of vein? Apparently, he's cleaner. Uh, might have relieved himself uh, in their toilet as he was doing the job of cleaning uh, the house. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the toilet was left in pristine condition. So, does that make it right? Does that make it wrong? I'm not sure. <laughs> that makes it perfectly fine. I mean, if the, if you're the cleaner, I think yeah. I mean, Gibbo, what's Gibbo doing with the cleaner anyway? How busy is this guy exactly. that he can't clean his own bathroom? <laughs> I know. We're in the midst of a cost of living crisis and Gibbo, the great Nathan Gibbons, got a cleaner of all people. Oh, no. uh, Unbelievable. Now, mate, uh, let's let's chat some market update. Uh, First off, obviously, Mm. uh, Australians uh, got the business done in the first test. How has that affected the market looking towards the second test, the Boxing Day test? Yeah, got the business done, just like I'm assuming you got the business done when you did uh, <laughs> arrive home that fateful day. We're $1.19 in the Boxing Day test, so fully expecting uh, a pretty comprehensive victory in uh, the second test to draw. $7.25 Pakistan, big, big odds, $11. Player of the match is up as well. Steve Smith, he's the shortest way home uh, if you want to delve into that market. $6.75. Was he not far behind at $7.75 as well? Davey Warner, does he? Wait for a big uh, double ton maybe for his swan song in the third test, perhaps. He's $8.50 to get the man of the match on uh, the Boxing Day test. Nice. Now, um, I don't know, this question without notice, mate. Uh, I, I mentioned mm. to Joel and uh, Brooksy last week when we did the little market update when you were MIA, um, and I think <laughs> that uh, I think Warner was paying 6 bucks to get a century in the first innings. Did, did you guys end up losing much on that? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sure we did. Was that all your money that we uh, that we lost on? Because you've got a big you've got a big following, mate. And when mate, you say uh, when you say to jump, the punter say how high. That's it. Well, mate, Christmas is back on at the Barnett House. I'll just say that. It was all the money you <laughs> saved from the toilet renos. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> mate. And do we have a market? Do we have a market uh, for? Uh, Anything up for the um, this tour match that Pakistan are going to be playing down there at the junction over? You got any lines on that? I'm not sure we do, mate. No, we've just got straight to the Boxing Day test. We we don't we don't sort of delve into these tour matches. That's Mickey mate. Mouse stuff. We're about the big stuff, mate. Just like you waiting home to get the, we, we the, the a tour match is like a portaloo. We don't delve into that. Just like you, we go we go straight for the uh, the pristine porcelain at home, which is Boxing Day test. Oh, beautiful! I've never heard the Boxing Day test 
described as the pristine porcelain. And you know what? I think Jared Whateley will be uh, opening the coverage with that on Boxing Day for SEN. That's fantastic. Uh, mate, let's go to the NFL. Monday Night Football, uh, we've got the Bird Cup. Uh, sea Eagles, uh, Seahawks and the uh, Eagles uh, going up against yeah, each other. Yeah, it's a huge game. Yeah, Philly, they're uh, flying this year. They're favourites on the road, $1.61. Seattle Seahawks, $2.34. Quick look at Super Bowl market. Baltimore got it done uh, earlier today. They're $6 to go the whole way. San Fran, the 49ers, $3.30. And that team I just mentioned playing tomorrow, the Philly Eagles, they're $7.50. So uh, every time I look at this market, the 49ers just keep firming up. Reckon they were $3.50 maybe last week. Now into $3.30 to, uh, to win the big one. Fantastic, mate. Uh, you got? Have you got a? Who are you backing for the to make the Super Bowl this year? Calling this far out, who's your instinct saying? Have we got you there, Shawnee? Hello. I'm oh, we, oh, we lost you there. Frosty. Lost you there what? for a second. <laughs> He's back. Sorry, Brooks, I just got upset. You were, Sorry, you were going against his Sea Eagles and uh, <laughs> Seahawks, and he was he was getting upset. He's a he's a big Seattle man, Brooksy. He said, "Dump yeah. the, dump this call." He's he's talking down the Seahawks, uh, talking up the no, Eagles. I just had to duck into the portaloo. The the, the uh, reception in the portaloo today is horrific. <laughs> no, I was going to say I'm following in the great Joel Kane. I believe he's on Philadelphia uh, at seven dollars fifty. So I'm going to follow the great man. He's had some good good luck the last few years in the Super Bowl. Mate, all right, we'll I will load up on that one uh, with all the uh, the winnings off the Davy Warner Test Century then. And uh, now darts, let's talk darts World Championships. Yes, this is a bucket list uh, moment. If you haven't uh, seen some of the footage from over there from Ali Pally uh, over there in the UK, make sure you jump on to uh, to Fox Sports and have a look. It is an absolute zoo, and I would love to be a part of it one day. We've got a we've actually got equal favourites this one, Luke Humphreys. And the great Michael Van Gerwen, they're both $4.40. Uh, but you can also back a nine-dart finish. Uh, the crowd will go absolutely bonkers if there is a nine-dart finish in the tournament. $1.65 says yes. So uh, odds on for there to be a big nine-darter in the uh, the World Championships. $1.65, that seems short for a nine-darter, but uh, that speaks to the quality of the darts, I suppose. Um Mate, uh, we are talking to what uh, people are doing to get out of work or how they're coasting this week leading up to Christmas. What do you got on? <laughs> are you just pretending to work around the sports bet offices or are you uh, are you already away on uh, holidays, mate? Yeah, speaking of uh, not putting in much bigger for this uh, last week of work, the, the, the lights are on here at Sportsbet HQ, but no one's really home, mate, and I'm very much putting my hand up uh, to be part of that. Only a couple of days to go, and then we're officially on leave, but very much in second gear as we uh, as we coast towards Christmas. Mate, thanks for your time, Shawnee. We'll let you go now. Uh, make it look easy with Sportsbet. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Yes, this is The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. You've got Barney and Billy Darcy with you this afternoon. It's a trade hour with thanks to Amare Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. Now, uh, if at any point during the afternoon you want to get involved, 0457 736 736 is the text line, or you can give us a call, 1300-01-1170, which is exactly what Mark from Upper West Pennon Hills has done. Mark, are you there, brother? Yeah, g'day boys, how are you? Well, mate, how's, uh, how's Upper West hey, Bend uh, Hills, mate? Uh, quite sunny, a little bit of overcloud, uh, overcast, but um, yeah, it's all good. It's nearly Christmas, shopping's done, all good. But just to you the story that you're telling, now, Barney, let me clarify, you're out jogging early morning, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and who was it that said yeah, it would be better that you should go to a fast food outlet and purchase something, yeah? That would be Nathan Brooks, mate. That's a very inner-city approach to these things. Yeah, and I'm thinking, Brooksy, where does your head at? Like, seriously, you're a good guy, but he goes jogging with their friggin' wallet. Yeah. Like, what are they? If I go for a jog, maybe a water bottle, but I don't take my wallet and... But I, I do see Denise's son of boy, so he's got to get his latte on the way home. <laughs> but um, I, I just wanted to pitch in that I, I, I don't, I'll let you make your opinion on it. I gave, uh, I always wanted to wear one of those high-vis shirts. So um, I got a job at City Water, and I was reading water meters. So you, pretty cruisy job. You just walk down the street read a metre if you can't find it, you say, Billy Maxima, you know. <laughs> and, I wonder, and often I get cut short. So, and there's no Maccas or never use KFC, I swear. Oh. Anyway, um, um, but there's nothing out there. You're in the residential area and, and you've got to go, you've got to go, right? So I just use all the building sites. You just go in there, but sometimes... The bloody builders turn up with their dogs. So that can be, you've got to sort of man manage those sort of situations. But, so in the answer, I think, I think Portaloos are there for everyone's convenience. It's better than the poo jogger that you've been accused of being. Yeah, well, I'm certainly not a poo jogger. That is, that's thanks for chipping in there, Mark. I'm glad to know that um, you know if you're wearing high vis, you can basically walk into any building site and just have a have a crack, like a skip bin. If you've got high vis on, you can just throw stuff in there. Yeah. I just, I love the image of Barney getting attacked by some bloke's dog with his pants <laughs> around his ankles <laughs> right. as a blue healer just goes to town on him. We're off to a break back soon.